Hi, my name is Dr. Patricia Morogami. Welcome to your next best self. I know you might be wondering, who's this Dr. Patricia Morogami? Well, I'm a leadership catalyst, a leadership coach, an educator on matters to do with life, leadership, love, and legacy. And I hope that as you start to listen in and practice some of the leadership insights we'll be sharing here, you'll begin to see your next best self. Welcome back to your next best self podcast with me, Dr. Patricia Morugami. I want to thank each and every one of you who continue to give us feedback, who are constantly subscribing to all the channels and platforms upon which this podcast is hosted. And more importantly, all of you who continue to prescribe and actually subscribe also to our speakers' products because this podcast is about women lifting other women. And this podcast is firmly founded on the idea that the only way we can rise is by lifting other people. And so it gives me great joy and pleasure to introduce our guest for today, Connie Aloch. You know, for many of you, Connie Aloch does not require an introduction, but I firmly believe that we must honor everybody with a sterling introduction because that's the only way we can show them how we honor them and appreciate who they are. Connie actually started her fashion design knowledge all the way at Evelyn College of Design in 1996. She earned a diploma in fashion design and garment making, and thereafter, two years later, was enrolled in the prestigious FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, where she graduated with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Fashion Design. When she was there, she also participated in a one-year study abroad program at Polimida International Institute of Fashion and Design in Florence, Italy. How about that? Combining two fashion capitals, New York and, and Italy. So during her study in Italy, she fully immersed herself in the Italian culture and language, and she speaks and writes fluent Italian. In 2003, she came back to New York from Italy and worked for various leading international designers and production houses, such as brands that you normally just hear about out there, Emporio Armani, Alec Weck, and Matthew Williamson in the design and public relations department. So she's worked at the three of the big four international fashion weeks, at the New York Fashion Week, where she worked as a backstage director, at the Milan Fashion Week, where she worked for Vivian Westwood and D-Squared 2. At the London Fashion Week in 2011, where she was instrumental in showcasing the first Kenyan male designer, John Kaveke. Well, 2004, 16 years ago, she chose to come back home to Kenya and has been actively participating in the development of the Kenyan fashion industry. She has a significant followership because she mentors young, aspiring fashion stylists. She judges for fashion design events and modeling competitions across the country. 2009, she returned to Italy and then graduated from the Instituto Maragoni in Milan with a master's in fashion styling. And because she has this mentorship uh, passion to raise young people, she went ahead to learn and is a fashion lecturer at the University of Nairobi School of Arts and Design. 
you know, when I think about Konya Loach's profile and biography, she is an award-winning fashion stylist. And how has she done that? One of the ways she's done that is to ensure that she's constantly sharpening her soul. She currently has a column in the weekly Nairobian newspaper, an affiliate of the Standard Media Group, was in charge for, of styling Tasca Project Fame, a big brand. She has also styled the KTN Kenya Television Network News Anchors from 2012 to 2018. And you can actually see the impact that work that she did had on KTN and even other channels. So in a sense, she has been a trailblazer setting the way. I met Connie as she continued to sharpen her soul when she did the owner-manager program for executives in 2015. And she then became faculty on some of my programs where she continues to help women and men find their style, their personal brand, be authentic, and actually ensure that they dress the way they want to be addressed. In terms of their awards, she's the first Kenyan in the East and Central African region to obtain a master's degree in fashion styling and awarded the 2014 Established Fashion Stylist in Kenya. She's a certified as the first African international faculty at the Marangoni Fashion School in Milan, Italy in 2017, March. In 2018, she was invited back to FIT in New York to share her experiences as an African fashion entrepreneur and how she built Connie Alwatch Styling Management, a successful styling agency. Last year, she was awarded the African Fashion Promoter Award by the International Voice magazine. Connie, we are so impressed and we honor you for the work that you've done. Just last month, she was appointed to be the national consultant for the International Trade Center, ITC Accelerator Program, to mentor and support Kenyan fashion brands who demonstrate credibility in terms of responsible sourcing and commercial viability in alignment with the SDGs. Connie Aloch, welcome to your next best self. Thank you very much, Patricia. I'm so, so honored to be here. Um, I'm just so excited to be here and having this conversation. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. And, you know, I've spent time talking about who you are, but in your own words, very briefly, who do you say Connie Alwatch is? Uh, Connie is just um, a fashion lover um, and who just loves life and loves doing what she does and doesn't even look at it as work. I just look at it as, um, you know, adding value to the world and to people around me and to what I do. So that's simply who I am. That is deeply profound. You know, they say when you can say things in a simpler way, it encapsulates a lot of things. So when you say that, it got me thinking about that wise leader who said, when you love what you do, you'll never have to work another day. You know, so it's wonderful that that's your experience. And so when you look back at starting your business, what motivated you to start it? Um, so I started my, my business, um, I registered it in 2010. Um, I had just finished um, my master's in Milan and had come back. Um, and I did know that I always wanted to start a business. What I didn't know was when I wanted to start it. That I think that was the catch. Um, so when I finished my master's and, and I came back to Kenya, I, I felt like that was the right time to start um, because I, I knew that I wanted to just put my experience into a business and, and you know, and just create opportunities also for the 
fashion industry and for people to be employed within the fashion industry. So I guess a, a combination of those things is what motivated me to start my business in 2010. So it's actually 10 years this year. That's incredible. 10 years. You know, they say once you get past the sixth year, you will thrive. So it's 10 years. I'm sure you had great plans to celebrate 10 years of being in business. And then it's a leap year and enrolls in a global pandemic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How has that been? What has the impact of this crisis been on, on your business, you personally? Yes. So, so in January, um, the team and I sat down and we, you know, we did a strategic plan for, for six months, um, you know, cause we also relaunched in our website because, you know, 10 years. So there was a, there was a different, um, you know, different events we we're going to do within the year to mark the 10 years. So we had a whole fabulous strategic plan. <laughs> then that was in January. So, you know, February, you know, January is quiet. So we did that. Then February, we we're just getting into, th- into things and then March happened. Yeah. <laughs> so around, I think probably the first case of um, coronavirus, I think, was announced, if I'm not wrong, the second week of March. And immediately, you know, I'm the kind of person, I think that was a, what has blessed, God has blessed me with a gift of foresight so I can see ahead. Immediately the first case was um, was announced, um, I gave notice to my land, um, my landlord and I told them I'm, I'm, I'm moving out. So they were like, but it's, you know, it's too soon. But I said, no, I, I, I need to, I want to move out and begin working from home. This was even before, you know, the president had announced that you need to, before any of that, I already gave my notice that second week of March. Um, so, you know, so we just, you know, so we had two weeks to organize ourselves and everything and we, we just all started working from home. So it's only towards the end of March is when I think when now the announcement was working from home and all the, you know, um, the rules were put into place. But I was already ahead of that and my team already set up and working from home. So um, the last, um, from March to July, you know, what, where we are, September, it's been an interesting journey in the sense that um, in the beginning, we weren't even sure what was going on. And all of a sudden, um, normally for, um, for photo shoots, I have, um, you know, as a stylist, because I'm very um, multifunctional, as you can tell. So as a stylist, I used to have shoots every week. So by the end of March, all my shoots I had were canceled. All right. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, I was a columnist for Nairobian, but I've actually moved into the Sunday Nation, um, like literally a month, three weeks ago. So even all the photo shoots we had planned had to be canceled. So I had to come up with a strategy of how am I going to continue running a fashion column where you cannot, when you can't have a fashion shoot because of social distance. Do you understand the dilemma I was in? Absolutely. I can see it. <laughs> so, and then my, so my editor, um, my then editor, when I was at, that was at Nairobi and before I moved over to Sun Nation, he called me like, what's your plan? I told him, just give me time because <laughs> I had to think. So I actually came up with a strategy. I'm like, look, um, we're going to ask, we're going to promote and support local designers and bloggers and fashion creatives. So I put up a post on my Instagram, um, which is at Connie Watch, because I have a pretty good following. And I put up a, a post that I said, look, if you're a fashion creative or a blogger and you want to be featured and you have great high resolution pictures, send them in. Right. So every week I began doing a challenge, like stay at home challenge. People send me their pictures, um, designers, bloggers. And that's how I managed to go, get through the last six months, supporting local creatives because they send me their pictures. And I, you know, I credit the necessary people who've done the production. And that's how I've been running my column. Now that was at Standard Group at Nairobi and Banama Daily Nation. And I still have a lot of content. So I've been able to also uplift the local fashion industry in my own way um, through my platform. And that's how I was able to solve that first first problem. (laughs) Okay. So the second one was for trainings. Um, So as you know, we're all used to physical trainings. Okay. 
Um, then comes a pandemic. And then probably, I think for a month or two, it was quiet. There was no training. There was just really nothing going on. But now, you know, at least things have picked up and all. So I think I, I did my first online webinar. I'd never done one in my life. I think I did it in May. Um, and it was pretty good. I was very nervous. I didn't know how to, you know, what to expect. Would people interact? You know, you want, I mean, the videos are on, but it's not the same as touching because my, my classes are very, um, what do you call it? They're very interactive. I have, um, you know, I have my trainees touch the clothes and discuss and everything, but it actually was went well. So we just put up a camera, a tripod. I had my clothes and, and my team helped me just get through the, you know, the presentation and it went really well. So at least, you know, that's how I've gotten around to the training. And for all the other projects, um, a lot of meetings I'm doing online. And also this has been a time where a lot of people have taken time to build their personal brands. So um, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one sessions. People want to clean out their wardrobes and all. So it's, it's, everything has worked out. And I've also had time to really focus on my social media strategy and really um, work on that and grow it. So that, that's how I've managed to get through the last six months. And opportunities have come. And, you know, I thank God for those. Fascinating. And, you know, I, I really can identify with you and the frustration at the beginning. And, you know, even the foresight that you saw that, you know what, I don't need this rental. So I need to find a solution that works for me and being able to be decisive, which is a mark of a, a wise and entrepreneur, because some people get into the analysis paralysis, where you have to find ways to analyze every decision and time goes by, and at the end of it all, we end up losing the traction. So well done on that, Connie. And then, of course, congratulations. Just three weeks ago, I've been following keenly um, your new uh, input into the Sunday Nation. Thank you, yes, Sunday Nation. And, and that has such a wide readership. I mean, I know there are Kenyans who only buy that paper on Sunday. I know, on Sunday, yes. It has actually the largest readership in the country. I know, I know. So well done, well done. And I, and I must say, you're right when you say people have been doing a lot of introspection, looking at their wardrobes, thinking about their image, thinking about how to re-enter this new reality. And so you have had a great impact. And I want to thank you so much because I know we have mutual clients that we've worked on, you working on the external brand and we working on the internal leadership brand. And it just is a testimony of you lifting other people in the markets and in even other collaborative sectors. Well done, Connie. So what lesson have you learned professionally and personally as you break through this crisis? Um, so um, I think around end of May, um, I had a very interesting um, thing that happened to me. So my even before the pandemic began, I've been very heavy on my social media, as you know. Um, so towards the end of May, um, I was doing some work for a client and I was, um, and this was on Instagram and I was putting up a post and we had agreed on what the text and the wording. So I put it up and then, you know, I went about my business. Then I came back, um, I checked my phone an hour later, um, and I got a message from a strange number saying, um, you know, click this link, uh, give and fringe some rights to Instagram. You know, it was an interesting message. I didn't think twice about it. I clicked the link. Um, you know, um, then it went into my Instagram, nothing changed. So if, you know, that was fine again, didn't buy business. Two hours later, I'm trying to get into my Instagram account. I can't get in. Okay. So then I, I'm getting a lot of emails and this looks like spam emails are coming in. So I didn't think much about it, but then now three hours later, I try again, nothing. And then I realize, oh my goodness, I think I've been hacked. And I call my sister, I'm like, I think I've been hacked. She's like, what do you mean you think you've been hacked? So I explained to her everything and I called my social media team. So everyone, I called everyone, everyone's checking. They're like, so by this time, the hacker had actually cleaned out my account. 
There was nothing. Uh, Patricia, we're talking about six years of work. I'm so sorry. And I looked at your Instagram and I saw 48 posts and I'm like, huh? But you have 24,000 followers. Yeah. So um, so then I sat down, then I was like, okay, what do I do? So I quickly Googled. So my sister, uh, she's on the other line, my sister. So everyone's like, okay, there's a process you have to go through. Um, you have to report to Instagram, the whole thing. So I looked at the the number. So there's a there's something called this. It's like a, a sheet number where you get in and you put in a complaint. But I think I was number 55,000. <laughs> because it's an international portal. Oh, my God. And at this time, between May and June, there was a, it was a, there was a very high um, frequency of hacking. And it was not only Instagram, it was Facebook, it was banking. I mean, there's been a lot in the last three months, emails. I'm sure you've been seeing a lot of, um, you know, um, messages about don't click links. So it's, there's been a lot going on, you know. Um, so I did that. So I just, I just sat and I, and, and I, and I, I just put it in and then I just said, I'll wait. So that was end of May. So from the end of May, uh, then thank God I have a friend of mine, um, you know, who works within the, the social media frame and they were able to kind of direct me, you know, and help me. But Patricia, can you imagine for someone who's constantly on social media from May 27th to July 11th, I was offline on Instagram. Because what my, my argument was, I can start another account. That's not a problem. But I'm like, for what I've built in all this time, I was like, no. You know, I, I almost felt, I, I just felt like I, I'm, I'm not going to give up on that. So I just used to pray and wait. And um, the Facebook team were really, um, they used to really um, keep me updated on what's going on and everything. Um, so two or three times I had to, you know, so I had to begin a, a new email account. There's a whole lot of procedures you really have to go through. They have to verify it's your account. You know, there's a whole lot of things you have to do. So a lot of people are asking me, so how did you manage to stay relevant during that time? Seeing that your Instagram is your largest following. Then I was like, well, thank God I had my LinkedIn um, and my Facebook, my other social media accounts. Thank God I, I update them regularly. So that's what kept me going. It wasn't the same, but it kept me going you know, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed Patricia so hard. And I told God, you're going to help me get through this. And he did. So finally, and I never forget on July 11th, I got an email from Facebook and they're like, fine, your account is back. We've been able to retrieve your followers, but we've not been able to retrieve the content. I told them it's fine. Content, I'm a content creator because Patricia it's only been what, from July 11th to what, September, it's been like a month. It's not even a month. I already look how many posts I have up. Um, over 40 posts, as you said. So I'm out, um, you know, I just began again. Um, so they gave me a whole security procedure that they did for my account and everything. I mean, the Facebook team are amazing. And I did it and I'm back and you can see I'm running. So I'm just beginning. So I, I and even in my first um, post that I did when I um, got back onto Instagram, I said, these are new beginnings because I do believe these are new beginnings that I'm on, you know, and it's a breakthrough for me. That is such a deeply disturbing but such a great end to that story because never give up never give up i like what you said there because first when you know who you are you're a content creator so they can take your content but you have it in you and it's an unending well well of content so to speak right yeah and the whole idea of being versatile, you know, ensuring that you stayed relevant on other platforms and you continue to not only use social media and digital platforms, but also mainstream media. Because actually, were it not for doing some research as I was preparing for this podcast, I wouldn't have known that. Because I looked at those numbers, I'm like, 48 posts, 
that's odd because I know I followed you for a much longer time, but I wouldn't have known it. I wouldn't have known it. So that's very good in terms of breaking through the crisis and continuing your strategy in a different way. I think that we can only get stronger when we overcome certain challenges in our past, right? Very true, very true. So now you're thinking about the long term. I mean, I, I know that many things, positive things will come your way. As with many positive things, sometimes we get challenges. If you were to give advice to your older, next best self, what did you tell her? What did you tell Connie at 60, Connie at 70? Connie at 50, what did you tell her? Prayer. I think that's, that's, that's the first thing. Um, keep the faith and keep praying through whatever situation that you're in. Um, I, I think this is advice for any age. That's so true. That's the ageless advice. What else would you tell her? What else would you tell her? Looking, you know, now you have the benefit of being here, but you're giving her advice for her to implement in the future. Um, I, I think it's... Um, Every day is a, is a chance to begin again. And um, um, I think it's, it's just to keep going, just keep going. Whether you're 40, 50, 60, I keep going. And that's what I tell myself every day. Every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, Connie, we've got things to do. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, keep going. Just, just keep moving forward. It's always about moving forward. Never backward. Let's just keep going. I really like that. I think there we are mind sisters. Keep walking. Keep moving. Even if you're, even if you are on your belly on the ground, crawling, but just moving forward. Right. That's great advice. And, you know, you have the benefit of the youthfulness and keeping that going even into the future is, is, a, big, is a big gift. So as you know, I love to read and uh, I find book-inspired life wisdom is really important. And so this year I'm hoping to read 100 books. And uh, my target is, is moving slowly but surely. And some of the books that I read early in the year have had a real impact on, on me because they even prepared me for this time. So the first one is the book, The One Word. Connie, what's your one word for the year 2020? Blessed. Blessed. I'm blessed. Tell me why you chose that. Because um, number one, um, just from March, I was already, you know, able to see, you know, God gave me the insights to be able to see you move out of your office now. Look at that in March. Um, look at what happens in May. I'm hacked. Um, July, um, you know, my, my account is back. Um, August, I get um, you know appointment by the International Trade Center, which is the body of the UN. Um, end of August, I get an a, a call, a appointment as a columnist for the Sunday Nation. I mean, isn't that a blessing, Dr. Patricia? You, isn't that a blessing? And those blessings just one after another. That is so true. In fact, I was just noting them down and just thinking, even when it was a downside, it was still a blessing. It was still a blessing. Exactly. Wow, I like that. I like that. Blessed. 2020 is Connie's year of being blessed. You're a creative, you're talented, mm -hmm. and you're solving current and future problems. Originals is the book. How do you keep your authentic originality? But I think just by, by being true to myself and who I am and, and just sticking, you know, speaking my truth and, you know, my values as a person. I mean, there are certain things, you know, um, you know, Especially as a as a brand, uh, they're just values that I have that are non-negotiable. You know, there's you know there's some things I'm like, okay, this I, I can deal, I can change, but there's some values that I'm like, these are non-negotiables, and it's either this way or um, you know it's not happening. So I think it's mostly about sticking to my values. 
most creatives don't answer like that, right? So I'm really impressed. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what the answer. <laughs> I'm not sure how they are. And that's okay. I think everyone has their has their story, but you, you don't usually hear values, you see. And so that's great because you see, values are timeless, right? True, exactly. And they, they become your compass, even if style will change, they continue to be your compass, right? Yes, exactly. So, that really explains why you do the work that you do with the kind of impact you have. Thank you. Thank you. So Connie, 5 a.m. club. So some people believe in waking up at five, four, six, seven. I don't know. But the most important thing behind this book is around your morning routine and how you keep a boundary around it so that it can pivot you into a really productive day. What's your morning routine like and how does that help you become your next best self? So I'm normally up by quarter to five, five a.m. I do my prayers. Um, that's you know meditation and prayer, probably around you know twenty twenty-five minutes. Then um, I like to uh, exercise is really crucial for me. So that's the time um, I do my exercise in the morning. So um, I have a trainer who I train with, and then um, for an hour and a, hour and a half. So we are done by normally around six thirty, quarter to seven. And then now shower change and then I get into my day. So I am um, working from home. Um, there are a few meetings once in a while that I need to go uh, to, but most of the time I'm working from home. Um, and most every day we have a meeting with a team on online with my team and just plan for the day and everything. So that's pretty much how I do it. But I, I do like to wake up early because I, I, I feel like that's the time I can, I, I can sit down and plan, just strategize for the day. So I am a, definitely a 5 a.m. club member. <laughs> Yeah. Have you read the book? Because you you just sound like exactly you have you know living it to the T. Actually, I am yet to read the book. My friend actually told me it's funny. I'd never heard of the book, but my friend told me about it. Um, actually, like a month ago. Then I was like, okay, I really need to get this book. So I'm, honestly, <laughs> I've not read the book. I I do not know its contents. No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Certainly, you have a connection there because you did exactly what uh, Robin Sharma says. You know, take your first 60 minutes and divide them into three portions of 20-20-20. Starting with meditation, 20 minutes or so, or prayer, exercise, 20 minutes or so. Then spend another 20 minutes sharpening your soul by reading something. Maybe that's the part you you probably do later in the day. And he says that if you ring fence your first 60 minutes like that, you will have an exponentially large impact in terms of your personal growth and in terms of course correction before one goes veers off, you know, their values and their compass. Thank you. I will definitely get the book this weekend. Thank you. So worth reading. And I think you're already practicing that. Connie, we're getting to the tail end. Already. <laughs> already. Imagine. In fact, I can't believe it. I'm like, that was really fast, but I guess it's just the conversation was so riveting. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, as I get to the tail end, I'm looking back at what you say today around never giving up, keep moving forward. The fact that there are divine insights that you've been open to receiving, whether you are going through a highlight or a low light during this year. And the fact that every day we have an opportunity to begin again, which is very much in alignment with what we believe at Breakthrough. And the fact that you've pivoted and reinvented yourself in spite of and despite this current pandemic says a lot about you from a character perspective, values perspective, and also the fact that you're out to really help people solve their style and fashion problems. 
I want to say thank you very, very much. And as I say that, I want to ask you, what's that one last parting shot that you would like to give your listeners who are all over the world listening to this podcast? Hard work never killed anyone. You know, you said that. My mom is going to listen to this podcast and say, what? This is what I've been telling you all along, which you, of course, you prescribed to. But it's so <laughs> nice to hear it from a fashion stylist, you know? And, and to hear it, yeah? You see the power of mothers. And you know, that my mother told me when I was going to college when I was 20. And that's the, the advice she gave me. And I've never forgotten it. Never. And, and you know, probably that's why we work so well together, right? <laughs> <laughs> because we're not afraid of just roll up your sleeves and let's and get on with it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting you today on this, your next Best Self podcast. My prayer and hope for you and your entire team at Connie Watch Styling is that you, each of you can actually continue to move forward, that each of you can become your next best selves, no matter what, that each of you will continue to remember exactly what you have said to us today, that no matter what challenges you have, you have an opportunity to keep moving forward. I know that there are many budding entrepreneurs in the style and fashion industry, and they're likely to get discouraged in one way or the other. I know today you sharing your story, which I I don't think I have heard anywhere else, is going to actually help them realize that it's okay to stay true to yourself and to begin again and again. And then, as a result, continue becoming your next best self. Thank you. Thank you so much, Connie Alwatch.